1: Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web 3.0. Today, I'm going to be joined by Travis Wright, And we're going to explore NFTs and DAOs and how they interconnect and work together. And if you're thinking about starting an NFT project, you're absolutely going to want to listen to this episode because we're going to go into some of the real ninja things that some of the more advanced projects are doing to create longevity for a project. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. And now for this week's interview with Travis Wright.
1: Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide.
0: Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Travis Wright. If you don't know who Travis is, he's a blockchain marketing advisor and NFT pioneer. He's co-host of the Bad Crypto Podcast and founder of the Soul Shaman's NFT project. Travis, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me, Michael. Really appreciate it.
0: I, before we get started with the great things we're going to talk about today, which are specifically NFTs and DAOs and how they all work together, which I think is a very important conversation. I want to start with your story. How did you get into NFTs and crypto in general? Talk to me a little bit about that story.
1: Well, I think Mike, that really my whole career has been about seeing what's next. And I've really built my whole career on that. Whenever I started, I got online, I think in 96, you know, I noticed, I said, wow, I I learned how to build a website within my very first 36 hours online. I learned HTML and I started figuring out how it worked and I had built my first website. And from there, I just always pay attention to where we are. And it goes back to that whole, it goes back to that um, quote by Wayne Gretzky, don't go where the puck is, go where the puck is going. And I always can see where the puck is heading, normally before most people. And I did that, you know, I got into SEO before people got into SEO for the most part, and it was figured out how to make websites rank on Alta Vista and some of those excite and some of those early search engines. And you know, paid media, figuring out with overture before Google even had, you know, paid media, and just understanding how that works and just kind of mobile marketing and even social media marketing. I I did my very first social media marketing campaign on Friendster, wow. <laughs> so it's just, I see it and I go, wow, and then I start playing around with it and I really kinda, well, what does this mean? How are businesses going to utilize this? How are people going to be able to utilize this to help in some way, help make the world a better place or something? So there's some reason for these technologies. What can we do to maximize them? And that's really what happened. I saw Bitcoin, Mike, back in 2010. Wow. And I mined my very first block of Bitcoin back in 2010 I happened to lose those Bitcoin down the road because they weren't important to me at the time. My computer crashed. They weren't worth anything. None of my intelligent friends, Mike, knew anything, but they didn't think it was going to be cool at all. They thought it was a scam. They were staying away from it. They weren't dealing with it. That happened to me 2010, 2011, 2013, 2015. Every time I would bring up crypto and blockchain and Bitcoin to people. The smartest people in Silicon Valley that I would talk to, their eyes would just glaze over like I was stupid. And I was like, wow, man, I just, this whole crypto thing seems like it's something because once you realize that paper money is the actual scam because they can just print as much money out as they want, as many dollar bills as they want, this is algorithmic. Money is based on math and algorithm, and it's trustless. And so since you don't need trust, because it's verified within the mechanisms on how the transactions work. It's like, we don't need some businesses anymore. We don't need intermediaries. It's built into the code. Really in 2016, Joel Kahn and I were starting to have a lot of political conversations and we're we're talking about crypto because crypto in my mind, the whole decentralization of crypto is what can save civilization in a lot of ways from the, the powers of centralized power and it seems the centralized power seems to be getting stronger over time mike and we just sort of dove in and started paying attention to it and we talked about nfts in 2017 we were the very first podcast to ever talk about nfts when we started our uh, uh, bad crypto podcast back in july of 2017.
0: and i want to get some clarification here at, when you guys started that show, you were still working in marketing, right? I mean, like, what was your career back then before you kind of went all in on crypto? What was the thing you were doing?
1: Well, so, you know, I, I had done social media marketing for a long time. I was a marketing technologist at that point. I was working in Silicon Valley. I was the global digital strategist for Semantic for the Norton antivirus brand. I brought them in several billion dollars worth of revenue by working on their content, working on their messaging strategies. And then I left. Um, actually, I applied at Google. My boss at Semantic wanted me to come over to Google because she took a job over there. And I went to 14 interviews in one day. Wow. One person thought I wasn't quite googly enough. And so I didn't get the job. <laughs> but what I did at the same time was I started working with marketing technology startups like Insighten, Quantic Mind, sort of the next level analytics platforms, and just the structure of how how data should be processed through the internet. And, and, and really, you know, I, I think that stuff's interesting. You know, How, how can you optimize stuff? I'm, I've been all about how do you optimize my whole career and then really started thinking about crypto and how, wow, it's all algorithmic. They're making money out of algorithms and they're adding value for specific communities and specific use cases. And it's just completely fascinating to me. And that marketing technology mind sort of took over and we said, look, we can go over here and help these projects that have massive amount of technology and engineering experience, but very little marketing know-how. And so we saw early on and uh, we, we, I went, we went full steam in 2017. And uh, I don't believe I've received one check or payment in anything other than crypto since 2017.
0: Wow. Okay. So you started, you and Joel calm, started the Bad Crypto Podcast, which is still going to this day. And Talk a little bit about that journey. What happened, you know, over those, because you were one of the earlier podcasts where you're not in the crypto world, right?
1: There was some very heavy ones, right? People that were super technical. We're the very first ones that said, hey, we're not experts in crypto, but we're learning about it and we want to teach you as we go. And so we've had so much fun on this thing. Joel is such a unique character and such a joy to be around. And we just vibe really well. We got sort of this loyal, Laurel and Hardy kind of thing going where, Sometimes he's the straight man, then I'm cracking jokes. Sometimes he's cracking jokes and I'm the straight man. It just depends on, on what we're doing. But at this point in the five years that we've done the show, we have interviewed over five, 600 people, all the top people in the crypto space. You know, We've connected with them all. We've been advising and working with so many different successful projects over the years. It's just been an incredible journey. And, you know, we still don't claim to necessarily be experts because the space changes so quick, Mike. If, you, if you're not up on it, this thing is changing. New things are popping up. There's new advancements, things you need to be aware of. So having the podcast, Bad Crypto Podcast, 600 some odd episodes, we've got like 580 or so, 590 regular episodes. But then we've also done like 150 or so other episodes for different, different things. So it's like 700 or so episodes in these five years. And we've had a blast creating great content, asking the right questions to the right people, and really helping people understand what what crypto means, why it's important, and how it it applies to you in your life.
0: Talk to me about the NFT side of things, uh, the experience that you guys have had, or you in particular have had specifically with NFT yeah. projects, and maybe yeah. lead us up to your to your current one. Too.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's been an interesting journey. We when we first saw it, it was in uh, December of 2017, and
0: crypto kitties
1: crypto kitties came out and it was hilarious to me i was like wait a second so you mean this jpeg can have sex with this jpeg and make a new baby jpeg like what like that's so funny and and that that interview or that that conversation was just so funny cuz we just kept cracking up the whole time but we started to see the implications of what could happen with nfts because a lot of people look at nfts as oh, they're just images. They're just JPEGs on the screen. I can take a screen cap. What? But there's so much more to it than that because they actually can unlock experiences for you. It's almost like the old digital rights management. It's the next level of digital rights management. Essentially, it could be, you know, your NFT can be video, images, text, audio, links. It can be AR, VR, 360 video. They can be a combination of all of those. They can unlock at certain venues, geo proximity based. They can evolve over time. Like you can have a little baby NFT, maybe a little baby egg, and then it turns into a baby dinosaur, and then like over another x amount of time, it turns into a toddler dinosaur until it turns into a big full dinosaur that you can then mate with another dinosaur and have other baby. Egg. It's just it's just funny. There's a lot of things you can do. But there's a lot of real world applications to that. Like if you have this NFT in your wallet, you can prove that this is yours. Maybe you can go backstage at a concert. That's your favorite band of. There's a lot of loyalty that can be done with these NFTs. Like you have this, you proved you were at this event. You have the NFT to prove it. Wow, guess what? Hey, this band's coming to your town. They can drop you something in your wallet that gives you an additional experience in the future. So there's a lot of things that can happen to it. It's, it's basically an NFT as a programmable smart contract that can basically do anything you can imagine it to do. It's not just a JPEG. It's proof of ownership that this is yours. It's proof of providence when this was created. There's so many things with NFTs. That the surface has not even been scratched by most people yet, Mike.
0: All right. We'll get into your a little bit more about your project a little bit later. But first of all, thank you for sharing some of your backstory. I think it's really important for people to understand that you're you've been at this for a while. I mean, and you've seen a lot. You've seen failures, you've seen successes. And, you know, one of the things I wanna ask you is for the 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 audience that's listening right now, for the creators, for the entrepreneurs, for the marketers. Why should they care about NFTs and why should they care about DAOs? Like, just tell us a little bit about like why these things are things they ought to pay attention to, knowing full well that there's a lot of people listening to this right now that, that don't get it, but they don't need to get it. They just need to know what the benefit to them is. Like, so what's the big advantage waiting out there for businesses that embrace this stuff?
1: Well, I think that some cases you don't need to know about them at all. It may not be relevant to you and your business model at all. But I mean, there is the element of loyalty and ownership and the proof of that that you know engages your audience in some way. Now, when you have an NFT, this basically, again, you are now part of a community of people who have these particular NFTs. I can literally go on the blockchain, see everyone who has a certain NFT, and I could then drop them something else additional to that and say, hey, you have this. I know this person has a Bored Ape, which is a very popular NFT collection as a crypto punk, maybe I want to send them something additional to promote something else, or I want to be make them aware of something. Or, you know, there's a lot of people paying attention to these famous people who have the most valuable NFTs. They pay attention to what's being dropped in those wallets. There's some things that can be done from a marketing perspective. When you ask the question about NFTs and DAOs, first of all, what is a DAO? Well, a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. It has no employees. It has no boss. It has no headquarters. It has no physical location. It has no place that Karen can call up and talk to somebody to complain. Sorry, Karen, it's a DAO. You can't complain to anyone. It's not <laughs> nobody's gonna listen. But, so what does that mean? Well, it's code. It's built into this. So, so say for example, Mike and I, are we've created a DAO. We each have an NFT that says we're members and we got Joel, he's got one too. So let's say there's three members of our DAO. We each have the right to vote. We have this NFT, this gives us ownership. We can participate in this DAO and basically by having these NFTs, which says that you own this or you're a part of this, you can then participate in the governance of that particular organization. Now I just simplified it and said there's three people in it. But with some of these organizations there's 10,000 different NFTs out there and you know if you have multiple NFTs of that particular thing then you actually have more voting power. So The staking power that you have is in correlation to the voting power that you have within governance of that particular organization. So, you know, right now, most organizations are, you know, they're they're set up traditionally. You're an employee. You've got a manager. Your manager has a director. Your director has a VP. Your VP has the president. And your president meets the CEO or however the hierarchy is set up. But in a DAO, none of that exists.
0: Fascinating. What do we need to know? And by the way, you know, there's the concept of a DAO is not going to be easy for a lot of business people, business owners to wrap their head around, right? Because you are with a traditional business, like I'm the CEO and sole owner of my business, right? And I've got 24 employees and I've got complete control, right? And that's the old method, right? Luckily, I'm not a jerk CEO or owner of the business, but none of my employees have any ownership in this thing at all. That's just the way that I've structured it. And what's great about a DAO is it can live on with or without quote unquote, somebody like the founder, right? Like the founder could exit a uh, campaign and the DAO could continue to move on. It's almost like, I don't know how else to describe it, but it is a new way of doing business. And because it's so foreign to so many people in business, like there's probably things we need to know about creating a DAO that you know, because you have created a DAO. What do we need to think about if we're thinking about starting a DAO?
1: Well, I'm in the process of creating this, right? We've studied it. We've talked to a lot of people who've done DAOs and we've got got a good team that's helping put it together. I would say one thing is, you know what, if you're going to create a DAO, make sure you have the right legal governance framework for that. And I think we can include some links with this. I actually have a link to Andreessen Horowitz's legal framework to creating a DAO. So if something, if you are thinking about honestly creating a DAO, this is a document that you'd want to probably give your attorney to help you set up the framework correctly. Now think of this as the DAO is an organization that's governed by code instead of leaders. Okay. That is a that's a paradigm shift right there when you consider the fact that these are algorithms. This is a smart contract. And the smart contract is is taking place of those traditional corporate structures. And basically they're self-executing in a lot of ways. If this happens, then this. It's really handy. Smart contracts, if you don't even understand what a smart contract is yet, and I don't know if you've had an episode going over specifically.
0: We haven't specifically gone in on it, but we've conceptually talked about how it's automated and it does uh, enforce rules, I mean, basically, right?
1: Yeah, it helps carry out what's written into that contract, right? So, and in a lot of ways, that would be really handy, especially if you are a freelancer and you're trying to get, you, you finish the work for a client, how great would it be Is like work is done, the smart contract generates itself and executes, boom, you immediately get paid. How great is that than having to wait for 30 days for Jan and accounting to finally get to it, to, you know, 30 plus days it'll take for you to get paid. So these smart contracts are really elegant. The biggest platform is Ethereum. That, that was the very first smart contract platform that was built. Bitcoin is not a smart contract platform. Ethereum is. So you can execute things based on whatever you write into that contract. If this, then that. And so it just eliminates a lot of problems and it eliminates the need for trust and it eliminates the need for intermediaries. And I think that that right there is when more businesses start adopting this sort of structure and smart contracts in general, not every business is going to want to doubt but most businesses are going to want some sort of smart contracts to execute within their business, I believe.
0: Okay. So the governance and the smart contracts somehow are tied together. And if we follow this reference that we're going to have in our show notes from Andreessen Horowitz, we can kind of get started with a good governance. What else do we need to be thinking about specifically when it comes to a DAO? Because obviously there's more to it than just that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about like this, a driverless car, it's sort of like a DAO, it's autonomous. It's driving around on its own. It's got programming. It says, hey, go pick up this person here. They're gonna get in the car. It's gonna drive down this road. It's gonna take a right. It's gonna go down this road. It's gonna take a left. It's going to monitor everything to make sure that it stays safe, doesn't have a wreck, and you're gonna get to your destination and the person gets out and there you go. It's built into the code. And so as long as you are clear in your code, it will execute what you have proposed. Now." The governance token comes into, the governance factor comes into this, is if everyone has an NFT or if everyone has a crypto token, depending on how the DAO is structured, not every DAO needs NFTs, not every DAO needs crypto tokens, but they're going to use some methodology of this. It's like, so if you have X amount of tokens, you have a certain amount of voting power, or if you have X amount of NFTs, you have a certain amount of voting power. And it's basically a foolproof voting method to govern the organization in a way unlike, you know, you know 2020 was crazy. Everybody was saying, oh, the vote was stolen. This vote doesn't count. These votes were doubled voted. This vote, this voting machines, blah, blah, blah. That's not going to happen with this because it's all programmed into the code. We know you have these NFTs. We know you have these tokens. You're voting for this and your vote is on the blockchain for everyone to see. It's undeniable. It's trustless. I think it's the way of the future for a lot of voting specifically in organizations.
0: I am very fascinated by the working of NFTs and DAOs together. So let's talk a little bit about roadmaps because as you and I have talked about before we decided to hit record, roadmaps seem to be really critical to good NFT projects, right? And talk to me a little bit about, first of all, why they matter. And maybe secondly, a little bit about how the NFT and maybe let's start with the connection between the NFT and the DAO, right? Because there's some NFTs that don't have DAOs. You are doing a DAO with your NFT. Maybe right now, why don't you just, let's just pause for a second and talk about how you're doing a DAO and an NFT together. And then let's talk about roadmaps and specifically how they work together.
1: First of all, I'd like to say that roadmaps are important. The utilities for your NFTs are important. If you're just creating this NFT series and the art looks cool and it's just a collection at this point, very few people are going to care about it. It has to do something. What does your NFT do, right? And do you have a long-term plan for your project? And I think if you don't have a long-term plan, your project will not be as successful as those that do.
0: Why is it that roadmaps are so important? Because right now, it seems like 95% of all the NFTs I'm seeing do not have roadmaps, right? Like talk about that a little bit. Like what do marketers and entrepreneurs and creators listening right now, what do they need to understand about why roadmaps matter? Because it seems like most don't have a roadmap. Like why is that so important?
1: Well, it's this. do you care about this project long-term? Do you have long-term goals for this project? Or is this just a quick money grab? A lot of these NFT projects out there are just quick money grabs. You're like, oh man, I can do this NFTs, I can make a million dollars, boom, and then I'm out, sweet. right? That doesn't serve the community. That's not good for the community. So if you have a roadmap and you say, hey, Q1, I'm doing this and this. Q2, our team, we're doing this and we're launching this. Then three, we have this set up. And then in Q4, we're doing this. And then, oh, guess what, 2023, we're doing this and this and this and 2024. So having some ideas of where you're heading will show that you show your community that you're serious about this and this is not just a money grab. So many of these projects are money grabs, so much so that there's been some very legit looking projects that have been out there where they've gone out, they've promoted it, they've gotten a big audience and they've sold out and they delivered nothing. They just took the money and ran. Wow! And that's horrible. And that's, that's called a rug pull and that's happened a lot. And so you really wanna make sure That the project that you're thinking about investing in, if that's what you're doing, is their team has fully doxed themselves, meaning, hey, here's my social media profiles, here's my name, here's my LinkedIn, here's who I am, here's my developer, here's this guy, here's these people. A lot of these projects will just hide behind avatars and say fake names. Get a bunch of money and then just
0: bail. Well, that's fascinating because the board ape guys were anonymous, right? And it seems like people are doing more of these projects that are anonymous. Like I saw this Japanese art; I can't remember what it was. It was really fascinating. It's in the top ten in OpenSea right now. It starts with an A, and they're like almost or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're all anonymous too. So, what I'm excited about is we all know what Gary V did. You, you and I both know with his V friends, he has a clear roadmap. Tom Bilio is another one that I have invested in I I hold one of his legendary keys. I don't I didn't get into Gary's cuz I didn't understand it even though I had the opportunity to. So, I'm of the mindset that hey, with you like I think there's so much out there right now that if people believe that you're going to commit the rest of your career to this or 5 years or more to this, then then they might invest in these coins just because they want to be part of a project that's much bigger than just a piece of art, right? And I don't know. I mean, it seems like the newer projects are all going this way. Would you agree that that's going to be the normal? Probably the big projects in 2022 are going to have clear roadmaps.
1: I think they're going to have a clear roadmap and they're going to have utility beyond just the artwork. A lot, we're starting to see a lot of them having the capabilities to, to move into a metaverse. They're more than just that profile picture, which, which a lot of them have been. And even when they started out, like when CryptoPunk started out in May or April of 2017, and and I remember seeing them, but I was like, those are silly. Like, those are just pixels, like 128 by 128 pixels. I don't care about that. Like, and so even if I had an opportunity to buy those early on, and I could have bought a bunch, I just they didn't excite me. They didn't. I didn't think they were cool, and they really weren't cool until Gary V had a big mastermind call with all these super influencers and said, CryptoPunks are going to be huge. Go get a bunch of them. And so he went, they went and they bought and they cornered the market and they raised the prices up. That's what happened with CryptoPunks. And then I think a similar thing happened because Bored Apes was right around that time. Bored Apes happened. Gary was launching his project in May. Bored Apes happened in April. It was a cool looking project. And he basically got all the big influencers in it and said, let's get these. And so they all bought those and then the prices rose, risen over time. They were anonymous. They they're, they're cute. I think the apes are really cute. I like them. I didn't have one because at that point I was like, eh. When I first noticed them, they were like about two ETH. And I was like, what? I'm not going to pay almost 10 grand for these pixels, right? Right. Little do I know now they're worth the floor on them is like 80 ETH or something crazy. But I did get in Gary's project. We interviewed him. We actually were chatting with Gary early on in early 2021 when he was thinking about NFTs. We were talking to him about doing them on Wax, maybe, which is another blockchain built specifically for NFTs. But it's kind of like the Walmart of NFTs. They're a lot cheaper. He did a much better job raising $90 million on his own, putting them on ETH. But I just don't like those gas fees on ETH so much. It's a, it's a big drain.
0: So NFTs and DAOs together, it seems to me as if if there's a DAO, and I don't know if there is for Board Apes. I'm guessing there is. But if there's a DAO, then you have that community component, right? And you can kind of collaborate to kind of help contribute to the future of the project? Is that kind of the advantage to combining these things together?
1: That's my thought on the thing is that part of the project that I'm working on with a with great team is you know, we're, we're taking 50% of the proceeds of the thing and we're putting it into a DAO. And that money is going into a vault in the DAO. And everyone who has one of these NFTs in our community is going to be able to devote on the direction of how those funds are used. The goal is, is over the seven years is to grow that to a hundred million dollars or more, and we can be able to do some amazing stuff and impact the world in some really big ways. And we're going to have people voting on what we're gonna do. And so one of the things is, is oh, hey, we're gonna put this into a DeFi. Which DeFi should we put this some of this money in? Oh, we should do this. Okay, boom. People are gonna vote on it, and then we're gonna take t- the DeFi, we'll put X amount of money in the DeFi, and then we'll get a yield back, basically the savings interest from that. We can put that back into the vault. Or if we say, hey, We want to invest $25,000 of the money in the vault into one of these three Web3 projects, this metaverse project, this NFT project platform, or this thing here. Which one should we invest in? Boom. So we can get in on the seed round or the private round on some of those and get the very, very low price. And then maybe it goes up 10X, 100X. Those proceeds go back into the vault, giving us more energy and more power, more flow to do stuff with it. And so Impact, and then we have a big community of people who are voting on certain projects. If they say, Hey, I'm putting, I want to put our money in this, well, guess what? They're probably going to put their money in it too. It creates a new community of of potential investors in a unique Web3 way.
0: Well, and I would imagine we'll also encourage people to want to hold their. NFTs because they want to be part of the project and those few NFTs that are for sale are going to probably go up in value and you'll make more money on the secondary market. Uh, Tell me about the soul shaman project. You were mentioning earlier about somebody you knew and you were about to tell the story. So let's quickly talk about what the project is and then some of the elements of it, because I think what you're going to be doing here is pretty unique. And I think a lot of people listening might find it fascinating.
1: Mm, Thank you. Well, it really is the merger of web three plus a crypto token, plus NFTs, plus DeFi, plus GameFi, which has a play to earn element, along with some metaverse stuff later on down the roadmap. So this is a convergence of a whole lot of buzzwords I'll put into one big cauldron and mixed around and then see what happens. No, we, we, we got a plan for this thing and it's called SolShamans.com. SOL. SOL. That's what it's called right now. We're, we're putting it on Solana's blockchain, which is S O L. And they went S-O-L out of luck because they got hacked. They had a Adidas. And so we said, we're not going to put it on Solana, which gave us a branding conundrum. But I do have a couple other domain names we're thinking about. But right now it's Soul Shamans and we're building this thing out. My buddy Oz has stage three cancer. And we thought, hmm, what can we do to help out this guy who's our friend? And we launched another series called Blockchain Heroes, bcheroes.com. You can go check that out. We launched that on WAX. We've done very successful with that. We got invited to the WAX Advisory Council from how we, we launched this thing, Joel and I and his son, Zach, and my son, Jarek. And, um, and so we took a lot of our learnings and we said, hey, there's a lot of things that can be done on this. Oz was the wizard in that series. And we said, let's make a series of wizards and you know we'll promote them and we'll give Oz some of the proceeds. And, we'll, and it just sort of evolved as, hey, let's put ancient wisdom on the blockchain. And so we've worked with 21 different artists We've created 200 different full on shamans with multiple different outfits and items. It's basically the most complex NFT generative series in history so far. Whereas the Bored Apes, they had one ape and then he has different mouth and different eyes. And we have 200. It's so stupid what we're doing. It's like I bit off a little bit more too much than I should have chewed on this one, but it's coming out amazing. The artwork is fantastic. And we also have special shamans like Leonardo da Vinci and Nikola Tesla and John Lennon and Martin Luther King and Gandhi and some of these super rare ones. And so what we're setting up on this is we're going to evolve these NFTs over time. These are series one NFTs. And what's going to happen is we're building a staking platform where you can power up your NFTs.
0: Explain what that means for people that don't understand staking.
1: Yeah. Staking means we're basically placing these NFTs into a contract and we're approving it, it's a multi-sig, I approve it, it's approved, it's in there. They, nobody can steal your NFTs, it's a multi-signature type of thing. You're placing these in the vault. They're yours, but now you're gonna be able to earn something from staking those. A lot of times you're earning crypto. What we're doing is we're creating a token that's tied to the value of this vault. So again, we're putting 50% of the proceeds into the vault, we're growing this vault, and we're tying a token to the value of the vault. We're calling it the help token and we're going to be able to help people. And the whole goal is to do charitable things and, and, and help make the world a better place in different ways. But you can earn these help tokens only by staking and placing your NFTs into this contract.
0: Okay. So the way that you guys are making money initially is by selling the NFTs, right? And then help me understand, like from the business perspective, why, what's in it for you guys as the creators of this project to have people stake it? Help, help me understand what that, how that helps you.
1: The reason that is, is that I don't think anybody's done what we're doing with this, with, with tying a token value to a vault. of It's basically whatever is inside this vault, that will be what the total market cap of that token should be. It should never be lower than that. It might actually be way higher than that due to speculators and investors investing and price goes up, but it should never go below that. So why is that important? Well, why? what's in it for us? Well, we want to give back to the community. We want these the vault to grow in value because people are earning these help tokens. The higher the value of the vault gets, and the more revenue that we earn that we put in the vault, and the more investments that we put into the vault, the higher it grows, the more everyone who's a part of the thing will win. And so what we're doing, which I think is unique, is we have you you're gonna be able to mint your shaman, mint your magician, your wizard, your witch, your medicine woman. You mint it. Then in summer, we're going to mint a spell book. Then once you have that spell book, we're able to do this sort of spell craft alchemy. And you're we're, we're launching with our staking platform, the ability to mint an NFT every day. And you're gonna come here and you're gonna get some ancient wisdom. You're gonna get maybe a symbol or a shamanic item or some power word or some sacred geometry or a sound. So
0: that's a benefit of you staking your NFT. Is that what I'm hearing you say?
1: Yeah. Yep, and then you come here and you get your daily NFT. Imagine this, your shaman say is worth 1,000 staking power. Your spell book is worth maybe 500 spell power, uh, staking power. Well, your daily NFT that you just earned today is worth 25 staking power. Once you have enough of these daily NFTs, you can then power up your shaman to the next level. So level one shaman will then become a level two shaman that has a power of 2,000 now. And then you can level up your spell book to a level two spell book, And now your daily NFT, once you power up your spell book, instead of 25, it now has a power of 50. And so the goal is is to raise them all up to a seven level shaman because you have more staking power, which means you're going to earn more of the token that's tied to the vault.
0: And then you also mentioned something to do with the metaverse. Are these going to end up being characters or what's going to happen? Are you making a game or?
1: Yeah. Once your shaman gets to a certain level, we haven't determined which one, like three or four, probably four then you're gonna be able to take that and turn that into a 3D modeled character that you can then utilize in the metaverse. So then you can just put that in sand, metaverse or Decentraland, or you know maybe someday you'll be able to put it on the Oculus. We're also going to have metaverse items that are for sale that you could use for your own characters wherever. And uh, just finding multiple ways to add value within this collective, have fun with it, deliver delight really is, is make it fun. Like one of the things that we've done with Blockchain Heroes is anytime you open a pack, it's cool. Like the pack explodes and it has a little video. It's just a fun experience. It's a dopamine thing. We're doing the same thing here with, with Soul Shamans. Make it a fun experience, educate people, teach people some of this ancient wisdom. Maybe that, they get a certain thing they, they, and it just inspires them for something great, right? So really it's, can we help people? Can we help people's mindset? Can we create more peace in this earth in some way? We can't get peace by having war. We know that. So the only way is, is mindset and love and and just sort of getting more people tapped in to that good vibe. And I think then that's the way that we have potentially to impact the world in a positive way. Because right now, my God, we need it more than ever because we're teetering on the edge of something very bad. And uh, once you go over that edge, there's no going back. So we got to raise the vibration somehow, brother.
0: I find all this super interesting on so many different levels. You are going to, do you know how many of these NFTs you're planning to launch with?
1: Series one NFTs, there will be 7,777 of them. Okay. And over the seven years, we're going to do 10 series of these NFTs. There'll be a total of 77,777 when they're all done. But every time a new series happens, the previous series is going to power up of its own. So like, All series one NFTs will maybe power up by like 1.25. And so now each one has more staking power. So the previous ones will always have more staking power than the new ones, but it will allow more users and more members to come into the community as we grow this thing out over the years.
0: So many of the projects that we've been talking about throughout today's conversation have been powered by Ethereum. And... The challenge with Ethereum, as many of our listeners probably know, is that it's very expensive on the gas fees, which are the validation transaction fees, if you will. My guess is you're exploring some of these layer two technologies like Polygon or something like that to power this thing. Or do you know how you're going to do that at this point? And what do people need to understand? Because it does seem like most everybody, at least in Early 2022, when we're recording this, seems to be launching on Ethereum, but it also seems that OpenSea is starting to open up a little bit to other platforms. And I think we're going to see less expensive opportunities for people to buy these NFTs, right? So if you're not going to be on Ethereum, I would imagine it's not going to cost nearly as much to get into these NFTs. Yes, no?
1: That's the thought. And so I had, had some conversations yesterday with a couple key developers. and And the NFT standard for the non-fungible token standard on Ethereum is the ERC-721. That's that's the standard that it is. There's also the ERC-20, which that's like a crypto token that people can create on top of Ethereum. The 721 is the non-fungible token standard. Well, they've released a new one called ERC-721A. And what 721A allows is for you to mint multiple NFTs for the price of one. And so... I'm looking at this now as saying, okay, we can still have our daily spell crafting and the alchemy of the daily NFTs on Matic, on Polygon's blockchain, because they, they work together. But I might actually launch these the shamans on Ethereum just because of that confusion level. If I can get it where people can mint five, six, seven shamans for the price of one, then that's going to be very advantageous for people because then they can sell a few of them and they'll have they'll have some significant profits in there in theory. So not financial advice, I don't know, that's the goal. Matic is a, is certainly a good option. Soul shaman, we were originally going to do it on the winter solstice, launching it on Solana. Soul means sun in Spanish and we have sophigio frequencies and so many cool things with Solana. It just it was a beautiful thing, but solana got hacked they got a ddos their network was clogged
0: you could still call it soul shamans because here's the thing most people depending on who you're trying to attract aren't going to know that soul means solana you know what i mean it just it just some will yeah
1: it is confusing i do own ancient wisdom.io i like that one got it i also own spellcraft.io so i'm thinking like is we're going to be doing a lot of cool spell crafting with this i don't know is that a turn off for some people because it's magic shamans kind of a turn off for some people because it's oh it's it's, uh you know, not religious, it's spiritual, right. um, ancient wisdom might be the term. So we're looking at all this. We want to do it right. We've been iterating this along the way. The artwork is done. The artwork is fantastic because we've just worked with some phenomenal artists and I'm really excited about, about that overall. So the art is good. The art is done.
0: And I want to ask you about art because this is one of the things that I see a lot is a lot of these projects, like you mentioned uh, board ape it's it's one picture of an ape with like slightly different ball caps and facial hair and all that stuff right so how in the world does this technically work right cuz we see i would imagine you're going to have like you said 200 base designs but then there's going to be variations of those designs right so how does one actually functionally do this because most of the projects that i've got in at the mint level it's it's just a generic piece of art until they drop the final art, right? And then you don't know what you're getting, except for Gary Vee, who actually sold his in advance and you knew exactly what you're getting. It seems that the... The way most people do this right now is you just buy a couple of them and then you resell the ones you don't like. But how functionally do we actually execute on these thousands of different images? Is like there software that makes it easy that will automatically generate the art for you based on your core basics? Because this part confuses the heck out of me, and I would imagine a lot of other people.
1: That's where a developer will bust that in, right? That's where you need to have a good smart contract developer. There are some. Um, things that, that I've seen popping up on Instagram ads like, oh, create your own generative set. And, well, mm, there's more to it than that. And mine is so complex. This is like 30 different shamans that we have, and there's 200 of them, right? So each one, each one essentially has its own outfit. Each one, it has its own, a lot of its own stuff. Each one's its own thing. They have their own staff, their own clothes, their own everything. Each one is its own thing. And that's different than a lot of projects. They have it where, as you said, well, they're all looking to the right. They all have this color background and you're just changing the different items on it. This has 200 and they all have different items. So it's like very crazy. But the artwork is so unique. And and imagine these are going to be walking around in the metaverse down the road. Some of these items are going to be available in the metaverse. And we're just going to take those and power those up over time and let people have fun. So it's like making it fun. They're going to earn help tokens. Hopefully we grow the value of the vault over time. That ends up you know, growing. And so the people who get in early and are staking their NFTs are going to have a lot more help that they've earned through staking than later on down the road. But then again, the value of those help tokens aren't going to be worth nearly as much as they'll be worth year five through seven or whatever. So this project is not for the flippers, not for the people who want to get an NFT and then immediately sell it and try to make 10x on their money. This is one where you're going to grow and power up your NFT over time, because if you grow and power up that NFT, that NFT will be very valuable because it's going to be hard and it takes time to power up your NFT. So if you can go online and buy a level seven shaman down the road, that thing's going to be significantly valuable in theory, right? If the whole economics happen, if we sell out, if this all happens. and The next step is to we go to mint. We're minting in April. And if those things sell out, that gives us the funds to build the rest of the, the rest of the journey that we have in mind.
0: For those that were, uh, that are listening on the podcast and can't see what the art looked like, they looked like wizards holding staffs basically, right? They were full body, not just torso. And they were wearing all sorts of ancient looking kind of armors and stuff like that.
1: It's from cultures all over. We've got artists from all over the world. We were as inclusive as possible any sort of thing like gypsies. We got like a voodoo witch doctor coming up, like any type of wizard, witch, shaman, shamaness, woo, medicine woman, hierophant, magician, anything that we could think of, including awesome people like Jimi Hendrix. We're going to do one for Prince. We're going to do Gandhi. We mentioned. Oh, that will be cool. Yeah. Socrates. <laughs> like, so, like these are people who've impacted the world in a positive way. And we're just trying to spread that mojo.
0: First of all, this has been really fascinating. I want to thank you for helping kind of explain DAOs and NFTs and roadmaps and a little bit of your story of what you're doing. If people want to discover this project that you're working on, where do you want to send them? And also, if they want to reach out to you on the socials because they might be listening to this in the future and the project is already quite a ways down, where do you want to send people to be able to connect with you, Travis?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, For one, feel free to connect on LinkedIn. I'm Sir Lord. Travis Wright, because we are we, we are Scottish landowners, and there's a country that's knighted us because we've got this bad crypto podcast. Yeah,
0: W R I G H T for those listening to the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's funny. So people go, "What, really? How pompous are you?" And I'm like, "No, dude, it's hilarious. Like, I'm Sir Lord Travis Wright." But you know, but uh, so that's good. You can connect there. Twitter's great, and then if you were interested in the Soul Shamans project, S O L S H A M A N S, Soul Shamans. And always the nifty show is is we, we created the very first podcast about NFTs almost two years ago in May of 2020. And we've done bad crypto since July of 2017. So we're in it. We're long term. We see it. We see what's next before most people and we like to share and, and teach people as we go.
0: Travis, thank you so much for sharing your crazy roadmap and really, really excited to see how it goes down and, and super stoked that you were able to come on the show today. Thank you again.
1: Thanks for having me. really appreciate it. And everybody out there, thanks for tuning in, listening to the Crypto Business with one of the best in the biz over here, Mr. Mike Stelzner. Hey,
0: if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash c twelve the letter C and the number 12. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us and let your friends know about this show. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web 3.0 continue to change your world. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research.
1: The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash getupdates.